Welcome to Intelligogy with Tracy Browder, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. If you ever listened, if you've ever listened to an episode previously, you'd probably be saying right now, okay, she doesn't sound like her normal bubbly self. I haven't heard her say, I'm excited to be here. Those are the first things that usually come out of Tracy's mouth. Not this time. Um, we are here today just for me to just share some thoughts. Um, we've lost another um, black male in a police brutality incident. The latest is um, George Floyd. Uh, previously, one of the most recent ones was Ahmad Aubrey, who was just running in his neighborhood. So I'm not going to park on the actual incidents. I'm going to talk in a little bit more general term. Um, right now, th there's so people are responding to um, Floyd's death. In some in some different ways, um, there's rioting. There's been peaceful expressions, but a lot of them have been to the point um, where cities are imposing curfews. Um, I've seen some of my favorite shops, restaurants that have been around for generations, and these people built these places to be a legacy in their family for generations to come. Um, absolutely ripped apart in senseless acts of stupidity. You know, riots are a response to something happening, but it's not the answer. It's honestly not the answer. So again, that's a whole different conversation. That's not why we're here. Well, you may say, Tracy, why are we here? We're here to talk about I just want to share with you my feelings. Um, a lot of people, and, and you know, I fully disagree with the riots, but I will say this one thing. The constant pressure um, that people are creating, it is actually making some people say, whoa, we need to look at this. So I do not condone um rioting or violent behavior in response to violence plus violence equals ignorance to me. But I want to just talk about the title of my podcast episode today is it's our every day. What I mean by that is I have um, a six feet three inches tall, big, broad shoulders, bald, black husband, who I love very much. I have a 19-year-old football player, big, broad shoulders. I have a 14-year-old son. So that's three black males under my roof that I have to do a lot of praying for. So let's park here for a minute. The conversations that I have to have in my house, the conversation that my husband and I have to have with our sons, a lot of other races, cultures don't have to have those conversations. 
we have to talk to our boys about things like, do not put your hands in your pocket when you're in public, not even in the, not even in the mall, not in the grocery store. Um, and, and you may think that's stupid. Well, let me, let me validate it a little bit. I, I've got two stories that come to mind right away. I was shopping one, both times I was shopping by myself, but I was shopping at a very well-known department store and I noticed the sales lady just watching me and I'm like, okay, maybe it's a fluke. And so I would specifically go somewhere and wherever I went, there she was. And she would act like she was kind of organizing things on the rack. And I moved around that whole area because I just couldn't believe that she was watching me. And um, she was watching me so much so that I noticed um, a white lady sliding something in a bag that she had. And so I had to walk to the white woman who was an employee at the store who was so focused on watching me. I told her, you, you've, while you're watching me, you need to be watching and um, probably getting security right now because she has your merchandise in her bag. Um, and she looked absolutely shocked just shocked. And I was absolutely disgusted. Um, another time I just wanted some me time and I went to a store and was just walking up and down each aisle in my own world. I was in there forever. And I'm, you know, just shopping. And all of a sudden I noticed the security was everywhere I was. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And I continued to shop. I was frustrated to the point where I just wanted to leave. But then there was this part of me that said, well, if I leave, you're probably thinking I'm leaving because you're watching me and I can't do what you think I was going to do. So I stayed and I continued to shop and browse and just ignore the ignorance of this store. Um, And then I went to make my purchases and I didn't say anything and I left. So that's me and an adult black woman. Um, it doesn't matter the degrees behind my name. I do have degrees, but that, that doesn't matter because they don't know that. But to see me as a threat and I was just taking an opportunity to not be mom, not be teacher, not be wife, to strictly just be me and love on me get a little lost in time, buy a couple of cute things, but I ended up being watched. So we have to tell our sons, your hands are out of your pockets. You never want to, to, people are going to be watching regardless. So don't give them any more reason than they already think they have to watch you. We have to talk to our boys about hoodies, um, which it's perfectly okay for a young white male to walk down the street with a hoodie on. It's not okay for a young black man to walk down the street with a hoodie on. Um, You may disagree. I was talking to a friend today. 
she told me a story about her son in a college class, sitting in class in 11 below zero weather, and the professor stopped teaching and told him to take off his hoodie and then proceeded to say, well, thanks to blah, 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 hoodies are no longer allowed in my classroom. So those are just a couple of things. This is our every single day. We have to talk to our sons about how to act when stopped by a police officer. Um, Let me first say that there are some amazing officers out there who protect and serve with all of their hearts and are genuinely good people. And just like in teaching, it only takes, it's, it's always the few, it's always the ones who are ignorant that make it so bad for all of the good ones. So know that I know that, know that I know there are plenty of good officers. They're amazing, kind hearted people of all races. I know that. But the reality is those, those, those few that aren't that way. When you think about society, there are a lot of people who are not that way. Um, and, and our kids are in harm's way every single day. We're in harm's way. Um, if I talk about the classroom and school, if you're in a school where you have uh, black males, Are they the ones who are always in the office, always have office referrals written up? How many times do you walk down the hall and you see a teacher out of class in the hall fussing or upset with a black male student? And I can tell you, I see it a lot. I see it too much. So what lenses are we looking through when we look at our black male population. Do we see them as a threat? I would say a lot of times, a lot of people do. You disagree. Let me give you this example. My family can be out in the evening, hanging out, and we may be walking by a group of people And the women will clutch their purses tighter. They'll take their arm and put it around their spouse, boyfriend, whatever he is. They draw their kids closer. So that's what I see just with my own family. And I see it a lot. Um, We step onto an elevator. A lot of times people will move over. Um, I, I speak to people in an elevator. They will not speak. So these are just a few things that we have experienced on our own. I'll share one other story. Years ago, my husband and I, uh, early in our marriage, we lived in an apartment. We were a young newlywed couple. And It was summertime, and so somebody, I don't know if these people lived there, um, 
or if they didn't live there and they just had a pop-up party. I don't know. But at any rate, it was a wild party. It was um, a lot of young teens. Um, I could smell um, what smelled like marijuana. It was just, it was bad. And I knew it was just going to get worse. So another couple and my husband and I, we decided to just, let's get away. Let's just go have dinner, hang out. Well, maybe when we come back later, they'll be gone. No, they weren't. And I just felt like the later and later it got, the worse this could possibly get. So I decided to um, call the police and you know, they knew our address, of course. And so we told them we'd just be sitting outside on the steps because we were up on like the third floor. When the officers got there, um, they were on attack mode and not listening, even though I said, I I called you. And there was yelling and screaming and hand on weapon. And it was bad. It was really, really bad. And I called them. I called them for help. So anyway, I, I, I love, love, love our men and women in blue. I do. I really, really do with all my heart. They have families just like we do. They want to go home safely and alive every day, just like we do. So I do have my personal encounter, but that does not define and mold my view of law enforcement. I do think the problem is much larger than law enforcement. I think it's human beings. I think we need to take some difficult looks in the mirror. I think we need to fully own that we have bias and prejudices. And so many of us say, oh, I no, 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 me, no. Well, we need to think about that. I mean, I could share some, 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 so many more examples, but I don't want to do that. I simply want to tell you that Our everyday life is different. The conversations we have to have when our children leave the house, when my son goes back to college after COVID-19, my worry looks different from your worry. what do we do differently as educators? I'm very proud of my district. Thankfully, our superintendent put out a letter, a statement today, just a couple of hours ago. We start by doing something, even if we don't know what to do. And so many of my friends, and I'm blessed to be in organizations where we have real conversations, like education never dies. We are really having some powerful conversations that won't stop after a week, after this, people move on and forget about this. We're having conversations 
about how to inspire change long-term. We are having some seriously deep, passionate, tear-jerking conversations. People have said to me, Tracy, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And that's okay. A lot of people are just processing and that's okay. A lot of people are silent and that's okay. What's not okay is after two or three weeks or even a month that we forget and we go completely back to normal. If we were in school right now, we're in COVID-19 kind of shelter in place in summer, but if this happened during school, Black families would be having conversations in their homes every single night. Then our kids go to school and there's no conversation about this at all. Then our black boys are out in the hall being fussed at, having office referrals, um, in ISS, in in in-home suspension. So we're, we're... unconsciously part of the problem as the institution of education and how do we change that and I know some say well but he did this 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 and that okay we do have to address behaviors but we have to figure out where's the breakdown Where is the breakdown? What relationships have we tried to build up? How have we tried to build these students up? How have we tried to set the students up for for success? Have we given these students leadership opportunities? Have we given them uh, passion projects as Caitlin Giordano um, loves to talk about? Have we tapped into their potential? Do we know what makes them tick? Have we introduced inquiry-based learning? Have we connected with them? If they're passionate about music, have we invited them to create presentations and learning experiences where they have to put it to music and present it to the class or they record digitally and we get to listen? Or are we trying to put these students in our box and make them fit in our world, in our viewpoints, in our perspective, with our biases? Excuse me. (coughs) Trapped in a box. Those are the words that come to mind. So we have a call upon us as educators to be the change. How are we the change? (coughs) Excuse me. We have to realize there's something that needs to be changed. 
We have to know that we don't know. Maybe we need to sit at the table with some parents and talk to them. Maybe we need to ask them, how can we do better? Maybe we need to ask some teachers, what do you see? How can we be better? What are we missing? If you're listening and you're an administrator, have you called and checked on your teachers, um, particularly black teachers? Have you checked on them to see how they're doing? I've had teachers reach out to me and check on me and it means the world. It really means the world that some of them don't know what to say. They, they just want to know if I'm, I'm okay. And they want me to know that they love me. That means a lot. So are we checking on people to see if they're okay? That's one easy way to show that you care, that this is important. Because what happens in society affects us in the classroom. Are we opening the doors for conversations to change? And if you've not reached out to your staff, then I'm going to ask you why. I'm going to ask you, are you, do you withdraw when things get a little hot? Do you just not even see it as an issue? Are you still just kind of enjoying life as normal, but you have staff with heavy hearts? Um, Address that. It's okay to reach out to someone and just simply say, "I, I don't know what to say. That's a good thing. That's how conversations begin. On a global scale, I would love to see the institution of education start having some conversations. I'd like us to start looking at data. I'd like us to start looking at how many of our black male students are have office referrals. How many of our black male students are treated punitively, um, whether it's recess, lunch, consequences? How many of our black males spend a portion of their day in the hall with with teachers? And it's a little bigger than just black males. I could tell you so many personal stories in my mind. I'm just flooded with all of these personal stories that have happened to me or my sons or my husband. Um, But I will say this, that we are a house full of love. We love the Lord with all of our hearts and we work very hard to raise our children up um, with that same love in their hearts for all people for even people who may hate them.
So if we communicate a message of love and desire to understand and a hope for change, then that's a start. But as we prepare to go back to school administrators, I would encourage you to really do some reflecting on your campus. How can you drive change? Well, it probably starts by talking with people on your staff. If you don't know, then ask. Ask what? And then the questions can be, what what do you think? What do you see? What do you think can be different? Where do we start? Ask the questions. Address what's in front of us. Show that you care. And, you know, if you're an administrator who is taking some steps and, and trying to do something, share what you're doing. I think other administrators need to hear that. Change has to happen. It starts with two things simultaneously. Taking a hard look at data and taking a hard look at ourselves. And then having a conversation. And then making a plan. And then beginning to change. And what I would encourage all of us to do is to not let this die. What I mean by that is don't be in the moment activist. Be long-term activist for change. I'm going to keep talking about this because it needs to be talked about. I hope you listen. I hope you talk to me. Please, let's have an open dialogue. If you don't understand, if you disagree, if you have questions, if you support, whatever it is, we have to talk. That's the only thing that changes things is that we begin to share each other's perspective and world and concerns and try to understand each other. You can email me at Tracy at tracybrowder.com. You can message me on Twitter or Facebook. I am happy to talk. We need to talk. Thank you for listening to Intelligoji with Tracy Browder, where together we need to disrupt educational normalcy. Until next time.